Full Scope, a podcast of two guys in their 20s, giving their perspective on the games that we love, the headlines of pop culture, and the meaning mind at all. I'm your host, Wendell Burns, along my counterpart, Savon Morris. How's it going, man? It's going. <laughs> it's going. It's going. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a lot of topics to get into today, as usual, and um, it, it, we're going to get through some NFL topics and college football ones, also some NBA topics. Um, album reviews in the second half we're going to do review of rounders but start off with just thoughts on the Chiefs comeback against the Raiders and thoughts on Las Vegas going for two I mean uh, just just a crazy Monday night game as yeah. Kansas City was, was able to win 30-29 after a 17-0 deficit Travis Kelsey also had a record-breaking four touchdowns and uh, the Raiders got the ball back one last time with 229 left and a, and a long third down pass to, to Devontae Adams what was was thought, thought to be in but was taken back what are your thoughts on how the game ended and also just the way the decision making from Josh McDaniels for them to go for two was something that was just highly, you know, debated about and also thought of, was it actually the smart move to make? You know, I think the play calling all night was, was pretty spectacular for both sides, especially <clears throat> the Raiders go, you know, getting on the board first, going up 17 zero. And then here comes the Kansas city chiefs. Right. But I think the play call was, was perfect throughout the game. The four for one where, you know, Jake was got stuff. I mean, he, I would have ran the ball too on four for one when he's he has he has 154 yards and a touchdown as a 37 yard set 37 yard long long one right yeah. so I would have ran the ball too I think every play call that happened was supposed to happen um, I, I don't take it nothing away from the offensive coordinator yeah a couple plays got away from them Derek Carr didn't pick up that the last uh, last one but I think the play calling was was okay for the Raiders it's just. Their record is not showing what they're actually doing on the field. And I think it's it's one or two mistakes or one or two plays that makes the difference between the W and the L column. But I think the play caller was fine. I think Derek Carr was in a groove. He was 19 for 30, 241 yards with two touchdowns. And the biggest yeah. thing was no interceptions. So the play column was good. Running game yeah. was working. It's Everything just was clicking. Everything, Everything was quick. It's like just it. the Kansas City Chiefs just figure out a way to win. They figure out a way. They're, they play called, man, Andy Reid. team doesn't die easily. Man. That team does not no. die easily, man. No. And, and, Four and, touchdowns. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things like another highlight of that game was Travis Kelsey and the chemistry yeah. he has with yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Like, what stands out to you about what they can do together and also just like how good of a tight end Travis Kelsey has been able to, to be for like the last several years because he's super consistent, gets to his spot yes. so quickly. And everybody yep. knows on a third down it's going to him, but he still is able to get it and convert it. He knows how to create separation at that in that body, man, in that vessel, as you will. <laughs> like, he just knows how to route run. He's just smart. I don't know if you remember the couple plays. I think it was a playoff of a Super Bowl. It was a Super Bowl game where he was telling 15, like, hey, if they're doing this, I'm going to do this. And exactly happened the way he said it. He was streaked up for, uh, you know, for uh, uh, I think it was a goal route. Right up the middle because it was in cover two. A cover it was cover two because they're going to say yeah. So they were in cover two. So knowing how smart he is and how much he watches film and just a complete mismatch for anybody, it shows he is the best tight end in the NFL. I used to thought oh, it was yeah. George Kittle, but George it's Kittle has healthy. been hurt these is for two years. George, I mean Travis Kelsey has been healthy yeah. and been consistent. And man. What a what a gym! If they would have got rid of him, I, 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 that's the thing. I think they knew what they you were lose, doing. Yeah, you lose Tyree Kill, big threat, but you need yeah. a consistent guy like Travis Kelsey. It's showing you they're oh, four yeah. and one. They're four and one. They're, they're they're playing well, and now they're 
they're headed into a matchup against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like these are the, the two teams that are always mentioned in the AFC. Like, like what are your early thoughts on that matchup and what could be the key in it? Because obviously this is a game that has been talked about for so long into the season and, and it's one that's definitely on Buffalo's mind for them, you know, avenging last year's that, that last year playoff loss. You know, I think it as is it as big as marketed, but I think when it when it comes to this season, I think the Bills are slow playing it a little bit. I think they have their high moments and they definitely have their low moments. Kansas City Chiefs have shown through the, through five weeks and going into the sixth week against the Bills that they are more than capable of winning ball games convincingly, even though they yeah. came back from against the Raiders, but they know how to adjust quickly. I think the Bills is still going through the process of learning how to adjust to certain things. Kansas City Chiefs have that figure it out. Henry has that figured out. There's no way possible you come back um, from this much of a deficit. The last team to think of is the Patriots, right? When they're coming back from the Super Bowl 2015, but they know how to come back. They know how to gel together. I think the Bills are missing that element in their football team, and that's getting over the hump. So it's, I think it's, it's a big game as marketed, but I think it last year was it was bigger because it was one, it was the playoffs. Two yeah. is two young quarterbacks going at it, the future of the NFL, right? Literally then, the future. These guys are going to be the literally the future of the NFL. <clears throat> yeah. So I mean, but now it's I mean six week six. Both teams look decent. I think Kansas City Chiefs is the more uh, uh, potent team, even with their wide receiver core kind of in shambles. If you um. Uh, yeah, it's shambles because it's not as uh, strong as it was last year. A lot of different pieces, and the running game isn't working like it did last year, but they're figuring out how to win. But I think, convincingly, the, the Chiefs are a better team. But I think it's still it's still a marketing game. I think it's, it's going to be a pretty good game. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and now getting into thoughts on the Ravens, a tight a tight win versus Cincinnati at home. Um, Baltimore won 19-17 with Justin Tucker kicking a 43-yard field goal on the final play. And now they're in sole possession of first place in the AFC North. And, you know, Tucker also made a, a 58-yard kick in the third quarter and just kept an impressive streak alive with 61 straight successful field goals in the fourth quarter in overtime. But what are your thoughts on Baltimore's win against Cincinnati, you know, them getting in that, in that number one spot of the AFC North? And also, when you have a kicker like Justin Tucker, like, you feel super confident you know, like no matter what the distance is, I mean, like like this guy's been doing it for yeah. years. So, what are your thoughts on mm-hmm. that? And also, you know, Baltimore getting that number one spot. You know, Baltimore got to figure out something different. I, I love the win. You know, Cincinnati hasn't looked like you know a Super Bowl contender team from you know previous year, <clears throat> but I I still think they have you know the goods to be that team, but it's a lot of changes from last year. Secondary is, is changing. Joe Burrow is not looking like what he used to be from the year prior, literally not even a full year <laughs> removed <laughs> from the Super Bowl. But I think Baltimore and the team, yeah, they're, they're number one right now, but I think they got to figure out another way how to win. When your tight end is the most targeted wide receiver, not even a wide receiver, he's a tight end. Yeah. When he's getting up the bulk of the reception and the offense is going through your your tight end, you gotta find a way to get it the ball to your wide receivers. You have if it, it was screens, whether it's reverse plays, trick plays. I know Lamar Jackson is a phenomenal quarterback, uh, dual threat quarterback, and, and more dominant when it when he's running. But you have to find a way to get the ball into your wide receivers' hands to take away from the tight end because eventually 
they're, I know he's Mark Andrews is a, is a mismatch, but eventually they're going to figure out a way to stop him. And then where are you yeah. going to go? The running game, you don't want to get Lamar Jackson hurt. He's in contract year. They have to figure out another way to win, is yeah. what I'm saying. Definitely have to switch Not it taking up. anything from Lamar. Yeah, they got to switch it up because yeah. we all know who who's going to get the ball 95% of the time. It is exactly. not the running back. No. <laughs> it is not the wide receiver. <laughs> it's Mark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and also, like, when you look at Cincinnati on the other side, like them coming off of a Super Bowl loss, um, having a great, a, a great run last year, like, what are your thoughts on mm-hmm. some of their early struggles and – is there another team that's in the, that's struggling so far in the NFL that that you are kind of surprised at them having a slow start? Hmm. Ooh, that is a good one. The Patriots is one. Um, yeah. Just how sneaky they were at the tail end of the season, and I, I thought, you know, um, oh, his name escapes me. Oh wow, Matt Jones. Well, Matt Jones. Yeah. Yeah, Jones, I thought he kind of figured it out, the system, and I thought he was in a good groove, and they, they made the right moves in the offseason. They were a sneaky 10-6 and six team last year because yeah. they didn't start off hot. Then they got Cam Newton, and Cam Newton left start, like it was a big show. But yes, and under the radar, they kind of figured it out and got to, to, you know, to the playoffs, but yeah. they got a slow start. That's kind of surprising me. Um, ooh. The Saints is another one I thought was going to be a, a bit better. I knew Jameis was going to be up in the air, but I, I thought they had a good a system to be able to have a Kamara's back. Um, they, they they got um, the, the star wide receiver back. They got a lot of pieces coming back. Defense looked good with Lattimore, but I just, I just not panning over. It's a lot of teams in the NFL. What they're doing on the field is not translating to W's and L's just for like one or two yeah. minor plays that make a difference. But no, for those two, Patriots and the Saints, I thought Saints was going to do pretty good starting off and I thought the Patriots was going to capitalize on what they did last year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and now getting into to the Cowboys uh, uh, winning versus the Rams and thoughts on just how the matchup versus Philly in their next game. Uh, Dallas was able mm-hmm. to win 22-10 to 10 on the road in LA and only allowed, you know, 87 yards from the Rams in the second half. And this is one of those developments where we're seeing Cooper Rush, you know, he's been undefeated so far in his time uh, um, uh, uh, stepping in for Dak. The defense just looks lights out in almost every game um, since, mm-hmm. since, their, since their first win. Like, what are your thoughts on how dominant this defense has been? And also just like, you know, what what your early thoughts on against a, a top team in the, in the league uh, versus Philly? Defense wins championships. I think for the first time in a while, the defense is picking up the slack for the offense. Yeah. It's always, you know, even when Dak is, you know, struggling a little bit, they're putting points on the board, they're getting the ball, they're moving the ball, and the defense secondary always finds a way to mess it up for them. Yeah. Now the other way, you know, the, the shoes are on the other foot. Yeah. yeah. So now we have the 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 the, the, the defense looking so poised, even with a – Man, I still don't think he's that good, Diggs. Man, that's just me. I, I think mm. he's just—he's a situational cornerback, to be honest with you. Um, but that's just—that's my opinion. I don't think he's that good of, of a cornerback. But you know, he's in the right place at the right time. But I think with Dak, Dak out and Rush trying to figure out the offense, and then the running game is non-existent. Ezekiel Elliott is twenty-two attempts for seventy-eight yards. Pollard is still—he's not a every-down back either. So it's just. 
when your running game is not working and your star quarterback is not in, you know, obviously not in the game, you're going to look for leadership some way, some in some way, in somewhat form. And then you, your defense steps up and that's what they're doing. But I, I love what, I love what the front seven is doing. Oh man, Parrish, that guy, man, he's a man. freak of nature. He's what yeah. Chase Young was supposed to be consistently. I know this is only his that's second year, point. but man, that he, Chase Young has not panned out. Obviously injuries, but man, Parrish, guy can you can move him around. He can even play three tech if you would. Like he'll get down there, and get in three point stands, and, and go after the football. You yeah. you like those type of guys. So I think you know they finally figure out the the, the a good system to get players in to consist, especially that secondary. Their yeah. secondary hasn't been good since Skandrick was there, and that's a long. That's thirteen two thousand twelve. Yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> long time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and now getting into into the uh, the Giants win versus Green Bay, and just kind of thoughts on which I mean another another topic. Same also probably be like I don't want to talk about, <laughs> but but they were a- able to win twenty seven twenty two and, and scored yeah. to seventeen unanswered points in the second half as Jones played played on a, on a sprained ankle led three scoring drives for a race of twenty to twenty to ten deficit. Um, and this is also mm. the best starts the Giant the Giants have had since two thousand nine. Like yeah. looking at this win for for the Giants, and I mean, like you know, the NFC East is looking like really good so far. What were your thoughts on it, and just kind of like also some of the things that that the Packers didn't do right to, to close the game? They capitalized on great plays. To be honest with you, is there, you look at the numbers, they didn't wow. Was going into the halftime was twenty to ten. Well, I think we were in a, a good position. We get the ball at halftime, and the the their defense stepped up when it mattered the most. They created they created turnovers. They they got got to the football. We have a banged up offensive line. They banged up offensive line. They capitalized on that. It, the offense is not going to wow you. Saquon Barkley mixed it was mixed. They mixed Saquon into the the game plan a lot, coming out of the backfield, uh, running the football, and, and you know different different play calls to get him get him into space. It's. They're, they didn't wow. The numbers not wow. Jones had 200 passing yards. Barkley had 70 rushing yards and a touchdown. They just capitalized on great plays and great opportunities. And that's what football is all about. It's about, you know, inches, and it's all about seizing the opportunity when you have it. I mean, the game yeah. wasn't a wow. It, it, you know, we didn't do anything crazy, but, I mean, <laughs> hats off to them to come back. You know, 17 mm-hmm. Well, they were dirty. Yeah, they were down 2010 and, and scored 17 points to, to end the game. And we had an opportunity at the end and just didn't capitalize. Great defense, great play calling by the uh, defensive coordinator. So, I mean, hats off to them. They still suck. <laughs> I love that you added that in there. <laughs> still suck. <laughs> but, it, it, like, looking at this division, though, like, like, which team do you think can actually, like, be in, in, in terms of who's, like, playing well – playing uh the most the most impressive so far like mm-hmm. like which team like like do you have the most confident confidence in going forward in the nfc east to like really be that top team that that can stay consistent and not just start off strong but like really finish well as, also the commander's now joking <laughs> i'll have to say i'll have to say the giants i'm not convinced really? you know dallas cowboys defense is playing really well but for how long for at, at some point they're gonna meet a team that can, can that can put up points like a Kansas City Chiefs, Green Bay Packers, Baltimore Ravens team that have to they got to figure out how to stop Lamar Jackson and your quarterback on the other side is gonna have to put up some points. And I think 
Cooper Rush is not sustainable and their running game is not working. Can't get the ball to CD Lamb, can't get the ball to other, a couple other guys. So my faith in that offense is is not existent. I think the New York Giants, Saquon Barkley is 100% healthy. And the yes. more they game plan and put him in the game plan to get the ball in his hands in space, it's going to be a scary sight. It's going to go to his rookie season. I know they're trying to gradually get him there. Yeah. But once yeah. they unle- unleash him, it's gonna be it's gonna be a sight to see. Saquon Barkley is is a is a special talent when healthy. So I have confidence in that offense more than I have confidence in even the over Dallas Philly. Cowboys offense, even over Philly. Yeah, for sure. I think I think Philly's schedule at this point, you know, first five games has not been as tough. They're gonna in, yeah, in the stretch of between. Schedule. Yeah, that is true. I think game seven through 12 is where it's going to get interesting. And Jalen is going to, think, you know, get into some great pass rush and to see how that offensive line holds up and see how the defense holds up. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from them. They're playing great football, but I just have my faith in the Giants. Four and one, they're on a, they're on a, they're on the, what's the, the love boat. Oh, the love, but like they're they're on something. They're they're just you know sailing on the yeah. seas right now. Four one, they have the momentum. I, I like what Jalen Hurts is doing, but I just think their schedule has not been as strong as the Giants and even as the Cowboys. To be honest with you, definitely. Um, and and and, and, and another topic we didn't talk about before. Um, was mm. the two the two situation, and obviously like that has uh, been something yeah. you know with the concussion protocol. And you know yeah, you're seeing tough. you're seeing quarterbacks even officiate differently, like like with with, with Grady Jarrett, um, his hit on on Tom Brady, and just refs calling things differently. Even the Chris Jones mm-hmm. um, hit with Kansas City. Like, what are your thoughts yeah. on that situation? Also, just how officials are starting to call things differently with quarterbacks in terms of like you know um, of of roughing the passer and just like how things are getting nitpicked even to a different degree mm-hmm. with with what happened to it. You know. And I'm glad you mentioned the Tom Brady <clears throat> tackle. I think it's it's uh obviously it's it's situational and it's an individual ref. So if a ref you know, if I see what I perceive as a hard hit is not gonna be the same as cause you can you can maneuver around the rules when calling flags and letting things play a little bit. But my perception of what's happening is going to be different from another referee in another division, another game. Yeah. Um, but that one against Tom Brady was not a flag, but I think they're cracking down more now because of the Tua situation. Mm-hmm. And that that should have been a flag, and he should have been ejected out of the game for that hit. Um, that gave him a seizure, bro. That is, I that you is- know, I didn't know he had a seizure at first, and I made a joke about his hands. And I felt so bad about it, so I repented immediately. Uh, I asked God for uh, forgive- <laughs> forgiveness, bro. I said his fingers was tutting. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh gosh! I'm oh, sorry. this bro. <laughs> I repented. I'm sorry. I repented. I did, but I, I felt. I, yeah, I, yeah. Sometimes I just have jokes at the wrong point. Just side note. No, I'm not going to say that one. I'm not going to say that one. <clears throat> but I think they're doing a different reference, um, calling fouls differently now because of the tour situation. But but obviously you have to take an account of perception of individual referees and what yeah. they see as a flag or not. 
But I think going in, <clears throat> quarterbacks are, you know, ideally more uh, guarded than anybody else on the football field. They're, 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 the flags are more going to be uh, trying to save them and save their careers more than anybody on the field, but especially oh, yeah. Tom Brady. Nobody, yeah, Tommy. We can't have Tommy. You know, he's going to a divorce. You know, he doesn't want to. Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he went there. He went there. You know, you know, he's already going through it. You know, you know what? He's already going Give through it. We don't want you to get like hit, man. It. We don't want you to get hit like that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want you to get hit like two of it. <clears throat> which is so sad, man. Oh, my gosh. Which is mm. which is terrible. I don't, yeah, if I were him, I would take a long, That's the long, thing. Long a long, hiatus. yeah. That's all a lot of people are saying. Like, they were too, uh, it, it would, I would put it up for a little bit. Don't, don't yeah. even think about uh, coming in any, 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 any time in the near future. Mm-mm. You, you, you got your guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. I hope you put that back. I hope you didn't splurge and you're fine for uh, X amount of time. You don't have to play football anymore. You gave football all that needed from you. From high school, from Alabama to now, you don't have to prove anything now. You are like, what's the word I'm looking for? Not even, no, he's not. He's not solidified. We give him a pass because of right. the situation that happened. Oh, he's definitely not solidified. Oh, no, 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 not like that. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean okay, you're, 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 you're taking care of for a little bit. Not definitely. He, he's, he's, oh, not, yeah, 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 yeah. He's not in that. He solidified he's, college football. College, I think he yeah, should college, he'll be yeah, in the college not, hall of fame lot, eventually. A lot more to prove. Yeah. A lot more to prove. But now I think he definitely gets a pass because of the situation. So right. I, for him, like Andrew Luck did, I'm retiring. Oh yeah, and that was one of the I smartest did, moves. I, Andrew Luck knew. Oh said, yeah, this is the right time to step out. I don't yeah. need to stay here anymore. Yeah, Mm-mm. definitely. He, Tua needs to do the same thing. Absolutely. Um, and after just things to college football, with just thoughts on Alabama's uh, close win versus Texas Texas A and M at home. Um, yes. Jalen Miller led them to a twenty four to twenty win, and without a Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young, they needed two late stops from from Will Anderson Jr. and the defense and. Looking at this at this matchup for Alabama, and you know the past few years, you know last year at Texas Texas A and M beats them. This year they get pushed to the mm. brink again. Like, what were your thoughts on how mm-hmm. they were able to get through this without you know Bryce Young and their defense kind of like stepping up at the necessary points in this game where they really were getting pushed to the brink? Oh yeah, man! Hey, this game was this was this was a doozy. I uh, I was I was at edge of my seat the entire time. You you could tell the difference first and foremost between Bryce Jones and Milroy's. You could tell the difference between the two decision making and the clock going off in your head as a quarterback. That and I internal, think that internal clock. I think, yeah, that internal clock going off, going off because he holds the ball a long time. And he has the in that game he had a seven yard run, <laughs> so I think he's trying to be a pocket passer when he's like Lamar. He has the ability to zip it. We saw it a couple plays, especially on that slant going to the end zone. We know he can sling it, but you hurt teams a lot quicker and more impactful with your running ability, especially when that you should be out of the pocket. I think that's the difference between him and Bryce Jones decision making and that internal clock saying, AK, I got to get out of here. I can't, I got to help my offensive line because they can't hold it. But man, what a game. That last play I thought was a pass interference, a pass interference. I did. I kind of um, thought so too. He, he had him hooked. Yeah. But I think if they, they called one before, 
And I think that should have been I think that should have been one too. But what a game, man. The defense stepped up, but Texas AM had the opportunity. If that play was called, if that pass interference was called, oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. And that they, they would be and they would be heading into Tennessee with a loss. Like that's that, yes. that's different. That's oh. that's so different. It it would mm-hmm. be drastically different. Um and, and and now getting into UC, UCLA's win versus Utah and, and, and um, mm-hmm. thoughts on th- thoughts on this matchup because you know they, they win they win by ten at home. Thompson or Robinson yep. has for two hundred ninety nine yards and four touchdowns while also running for a score and leading Excuse their me. their first six no starts in two thousand five. Like, what are your thoughts on them? You know, getting to this really strong undefeated start and also um, this particular performance that they had had against a a, a pretty good Utah team. And you know, yeah. this was a, the, the type of win that that they you know push them to a 6-0 start. Yo, it's UCLA snuck up on me, to be honest with you. When I heard that, when, you know, when it 3-0, I was like, okay, it's it's the third week in the season, and they go 4-0 and 5-0, and and then now you, you beat up. a pretty, yeah, you get you beat a pretty good Utah team that still have great weapons and still playing great football, um, you, know, seven, you know, in week seven. But UCLA looks... Like they're wanting to get down. They have a long way to go. Don't get me wrong. I think their strength of schedule is 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 definitely seven days, and I mean week. Uh, Utah is a pretty good team, but that you look at their schedule, they haven't played anybody good. They they celebrated for beating South Alabama by one. It's, it almost gives me that image of Patrick Beverly when they won the play-in game, and he like like <laughs> like, like stood up <laughs> on the scene. Perfect, man. <laughs> like like they just won Game Seven of the finals. <laughs> right, y'all just go, <laughs> bro. That they were crying in the locker room. Yeah, like bro, that's insane. But no, UCLA has a long way to go, man. They they play they play they beat a good Utah team, but they have a long way to go. If they were in another conference. Come on, come on, man! And I love—I can't wait till this playoff, you know, comes out with the eight, you know, sixteen teams getting or eight or sixteen teams getting there, and teams like UCLA get a shot to play an ACC or SEC team, and then they get smacked, and they understand the difference between the conferences and the schedules. I can't wait, but they look—they look impressive, but not good enough to say, "Hey, UCLA is making some noise." Right. I can't say that just yet. But Thompson not, not looked good. Level. Not at that level yet. No, not that level. Trebonne looked good too. I I haven't I've not heard of him before. He had you know had this two hundred almost two hundred yard game, mm-hmm. but um he looked good. I need to go back and look at his film and kind of give him a uh, analyze him a little more. But yeah, UCLA is is impressive right now. But I don't think they're. I'll put them on the board as you know making crazy noise. Right. They're doing an ass mirror still. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing. A- <laughs> oh wow! Savon came back with the jokes. He came back with the jokes. Hey this man, week. he came back like he was like, "Man, I'm ready. I'm ready." <laughs> and these are just off the top. I off don't write any jokes down. Off the dome. I don't write nothing down. <laughs> now, Wellington, you got them too, bro. You just been, you know, you know, mild manner right mild now. Manner, mild you manner. definitely have the jokes. <laughs> you definitely have them. I know oh, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Same, I was like, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. If you go back and listen to 
a lot of podcasts is not be joking. It's hidden most it's of the time. It's it, it's it's well yeah, into it's in the yeah. It's in the vault. Got the jokes. It's in the vault. <laughs> um, and, and now getting into like most intriguing week six game, like the one that just that's so clear that stands out to me is, is Alabama Tennessee. Like it's, it's just it's yes. it's the one. Like yes. I really like we talked about. We want to see can Tennessee actually show they're a legitimate contender. Like can they actually prove mm-hmm. themselves and, and and show that, that like they're for real and also like the 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 question of will Bryce Young be back for this game? Like there's just, there's just so many yes. circulating questions around this and it being at Tennessee, I think it's going to be very intriguing. Like to you, is there another game or, or maybe that one that, that you kind of find the most intriguing? Well, for Alabama and Tennessee, if Bryce Jones is back, it's going to be a different ball game. They're not going to be able to uh, game plan for him. I know they're trying to put in like, okay, if he's there, but if he if Bryce Jones does play, it's going to be extremely different for that defense to to do anything because the running game is going to be there. And if Milrow, I think if Milrow's plays, I think it's going to be a difficult game for that defense because uh, yeah, it's they run they heavy offense. Florida. It's a run heavy offense. When yeah, in there, and it's just and, and with, I, and with Bryce Young, they can kind of become more predictable at times. Well, yeah, well, I think Bryce Jones has sneaky speed, sneaky a little wow, sneaky speed too, sneaky. yeah. yeah. Speed too, but he just doesn't have to use it because he's so poised in a yeah. pocket. He I has those intangible things like that internal clock. Mm-hmm. He knows in the back, like, okay, I got to get it out. He gets the ball out fast. He, similar to Tom Brady's snap, get it out. I'm and getting out of there. If he has to run, he's strategic. He slides. He does all the the right movements to to you know be careful as a, as a starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I think Tennessee. Does have a shot. I'm not taking anything. I think their offense is really, really good. But I think Alabama, if Bryce Jones plays, is going to be a different ball game. Way different. It's Way hard different. to game plan for him, especially if the running game is working. But the second game I'm looking for is Clemson and Florida State. There you go. This game is always a good game. Yeah. Florida State, they're, they're two losses back-to-back. You're going against the number four team. You have an opportunity to punch them in the mouth. If Florida State beats Clemson, whoo, ACC is going to be in some uproar. And yes. that's just going to – they'll be five and two. They'll have an opportunity to still win the ACC championship. So it's going to be – I think the game is going to be is going to be interesting the to ACC, say the least. I think ACC Florida State, ACC yeah. will be wide open if Florida State yes. wins it. It'll be wide open. Yeah, like, like they will – Wake Forest. I mean, you know, yeah, not Wake Forest, not Wake Forest, but teams like Wake Forest is like challenging teams. Florida State, you know, Clemson uh, kind of struggle with Wake Forest, and I'm, Florida State is an O two, you know, going on a you know losing streak. So can they yeah. break that losing streak? I'm looking forward to this game. I'll be watching even though I don't like Florida State, but I, I'm intrigued by it because hey, man, it's ACC. That's ACC the second football. best. Second best conference in conference and, college football. I mean, they're up there, man. Like, <laughs> like, like, I'm, I'm, like, like when, when you look at it with what Clemson, the one, the run Clemson's been on, because for almost at the last four or five years, they're they're in the final four. Like, like, like yeah. they're in that they're in, they're in that playoff conversation. So it, it's it'll definitely be interesting to, to, to see how that plays out. Um, and now getting into the NBA, and I mean the the main topic of conversation everybody's been talking about with, with Draymond mm-hmm. and Jordan Poole. And just thoughts on on how that will 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 affect the, the Warriors' chemistry and just the future of Draymond with them. Like after the, the extremely heated practice, um, ending in Draymond punching Jordan Poole, he offered a public apology and announced to step away from the team indefinitely. Um, recently, uh, uh, today, uh, uh, 
Steve Kerr addressed the media about uh, Draymond being fine but not suspended and, and mm-hmm. being back for the, the final uh, preseason game Friday night. Like, what are your thoughts on the situation and just, you know, how it possibly affects Draymond's long-term future with the Warriors? Because there is this conversation about, like, Draymond's at the latter end of his career compared to mm-hmm. the front end where he's more athletic and, and that that quicker facilitator. And you also have a player like Jordan Poole who's extremely young, stepped up when Klay Thompson was out, and is going to get a big contract. Like, what are your thoughts on how that situation unfolded and and just, like, where it puts the Warriors' chemistry at? You know... I think out of all the organizations, the Warriors have the most loyalty for their players. And I, <clears throat> the first of all, that footage should never have leaked. Never, never. Whoever, no. it should have, that should have been a, we should have heard about it, but not seen it. And I think it escalated. That's the most impactful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause you see when, um, What's his um oh wow, what's his name? Jim Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. He went yes. off against the um Eric the Timberwolves in practice. Oh, Timberwolves. We Minnesota. Never Timberwolves saw that footage. Yeah. That's the way it's supposed to be. I'm not taking I'm not saying that I mean, we're man. Things happen, fights happen, whatever. But it should never have leaked to the public. It should have been held internally and yeah. then Let's go on with our business. Let's find them. Because I think Draymond has given so much to this organization. Yeah. Now he doesn't have the big the, the, the big numbers, but he's his his role is very important in his organization still, still and for that basketball great. team still to this day. And I just yeah. think of how they did Andre Iguodala. Like in his tale of his career, he was still impactful and he and he was well needed because without him in the, most of those series, I don't think they've been asked. Even Sean Livingston was yeah. it was a pivotal part coming off the bench for that team. So you look at Draymond, I don't think that kind of derailed him from getting the big contract, but I do think we it's put on notice um that there's tension on that basketball team, whether it's for uh, the contract extension or Jordan Poole's acting different or Draymond is in his feelings or whatever the case may be. Now we know there's tension to this, to who we thought, perfect basketball team that did no wrong. They they had That's great the chemistry. Thing. Yeah. They, like, like we're always talking about the words have this perfect culture and, and not yeah. saying that, that they don't have a great culture because obviously like they do, but right. it's never perfect. There, there are crap. There can be cracks mm. within the system. There can be things that, because internal feelings, internal feelings will eventually mm. come out. When yes. there had to be been something with Jordan Poole and Draymond that, because there have been talks about them going back and forth, but never to that extent. Yeah, where Draymond literally lost it and just could not, you know, keep his composure. So there's, there's definitely yeah. like, like I, I would say there's, there's cracks within the system, but it doesn't take away from them still having, you know, a great culture. Hmm. Um, and, 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 and now getting into, uh, Victor, uh, uh Webinyama's potential, just thoughts on the, on the hype he's building mm. early. I mean, this, this kid right here, I mean, just looks like an amazing prospect from the jump. I mean, like, yeah, checks boxes, <laughs> you know, I, 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 as we've mentioned, like, like the last few weeks with, with, with other players, but recently in front of 200 scouts and executives from NBA teams, yeah. um, Scott Henderson, G League and Vibe versus Webinyama's Metropolitan 92 really just exceeded a lot of expectations as Webinyama just showed so much of what makes him the most um, high-regarded prospect in years with two extraordinary performances that inclu- that included a 70 total minutes. But what are your thoughts on him having, you know, such a, a, a diverse offensive skill set 
um, you know, at its finest and just all the hype he's building up. Because when you look at a player like this, it's not just talk. You, if you watch yeah. him, no, he literally, he literally matches all of yes. everything that the press is building up about him. He's a freak of nature. Yeah, not in the stature sense. He's like, well, I think LeBron said he's a uh, alien or just like alien. Yeah, the man is a unicorn. There's at his size, the one that is even like remotely close to him is Kevin Durant. But even with that, he has a better skill set than Kevin Durant at our early age. It is amazing how he can put the ball on the ground and how I think LeBron said this about uh, Luka, how he has that, um, that slow pace to break down the defense. Victor has that same at seven foot whatever. Literally lows the defense to to sleep. Literally lulls the defense. Yes. And then strikes when he needs to. He has sneaky speed. No, I can't say that today. Sneaky speed. (laughs) (laughs) He has sneaky speed. He's long. He's first step. He's already at the rim. He's just, yo, man, I can't wait to see him. Because we all thought Holmgren was going to be, Chad Holmgren was going to be exactly that. He's better than him. Forget that. <laughs> I mean, this is the guy Where right here. Where did they make him? They made him in in Scotsatonia or something, or I don't, I don't know where they made him. They, they don't even I, make any more. He got to be the only one. I can't wait God, to see. Dude, I can't man. wait to see this guy play next year. Man. I can't wait. I literally like like whatever team gets him, and I mean whatever team they literally just they they they, they hit the mark with that. They will literally yeah. not. It, it'll be one of the best decisions and best things things for that 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 franchise to get. I mean, like, and, and another thing is when you look at the crazy thing is he probably has just so much more to to to, to develop into. Yeah, so just like court awareness and like obviously like he has the physical aspects, but like the, I think the craziest thing I, and I and I'm I'm not sure what you think, but when he actually like mm-hmm. develops the the mental side of the game, that's when it's really yes. gonna be as crazy because we even see with Giannis like. Giannis had those first few years didn't have the shooting. Then when he got the shooting, yeah. it was game over. And I think that that's going to be the same with with, with Webb and Yama when he actually develops the mental side of the game as well because he has a little bit of that. But when fully that's mastered, that's when it's really going to be game over. And on top of that, the facilitating part, because right. um, he checks box like you said in other places, the mental you know mental capacity of the game, and then also getting his teammates involved that doesn't change his game. Because Luka will get his teammates involved and it won't change his game. LeBron, Chris Paul, the list goes on for guys who can do that consistently and effectively. So when he masters that and he masters having the mentor of the game, because he's going to go against other great ball players. I can't wait for KD to give him buckets and he give KD buckets. I can't wait to see that matchup. I can't wait to see Chet Holmgren come back and match up with this kid. So he's going to get bust, bust now. Like, how can yeah. you, how can you come back and have that mental strength to be like, okay, he's going to get a bucket, but I'm going to get a bucket too. But I'm going to figure out a way to, I know he might yeah, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think once he gets that down, he's going to be he, who maybe the face. He's out. It's too early to say that. 
<laughs> the face of the NBA? Because he's everybody's talking about him. Everybody, bro. Like, we don't know who Zion Williams is. is we, don't, we don't even talk about Zion anymore. <laughs> oh, Goodness. poor Zion. Um, but, but but now getting getting into our first album review with, with Quavo, Quavo and Takeoffs, um, only built for Infinity Links. Um, this is this is their their first collaborative effort since 2021's uh uh 2021's Culture Three, and they're they're just you know a, a lot of diversity they're trying to get in this project using a classic sample from. Stanconia is so fresh, so clean to create a classy track that that pays homage to Atlanta's legendary rap duo, and also you know mm. Mixy is a smooth um, trap R and B mashup, and you know the album, you know there's parts of it that go go into kind of like the, the the monotonous use of certain instrumentals. But what were your thoughts on this album, and just kind of like some of your takeaways of it? Literally the same thing. <clears throat> Literally the same thing to me without Offset. Mm. Same production quality, same cadence, same voice, same enthusiasm, just the same thing. Exactly the same thing. I don't see the versatility in this. And I think Miss Yellow said it was like, you can't tell some of these guys apart. And this album definitely says oh, Offset could have did this by himself. Quavo could have did this by it. himself. He's about to do it by himself uh, next month when he releases his, his first debut album. <laughs> well, he got Wifey on there, so they didn't get yeah. a Cardi B feature. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Offset did. <laughs> like right, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, Wellington got the jokes. Offset did, because it's God did. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. He's already there. He's already there. He knows what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> And, and, and it is interesting because, like, sometimes even even when trios break up, there there will try to be a duo that that tries to like kind of create something, and it may not have the same feel. Like, do you think that's more so them getting into something without possibly their strongest member, or is it just like them kind of like falling in that same trap of like, hey, this is what we've done before, let's just do it, but yeah. without one guy? I don't I don't think it's the the strongest member part. I think it's the going by the blueprint that they've done since 2014, 13, when they first started, or whatever they started, and then they got me, uh, uh, Drake on uh, Versace, Versace. So I think it's the same what we fell in love with their style because we never heard their style before. No, and never. The first culture. Music group, the first culture. Yeah, the first no. culture was different, bro. Like, even Versace, Versace, like, even that, it was... It was had simulators of future Gucci Man or whatever, but it was a tail difference between the two, between the three actually. But now it's like, okay, that sound is stale. What else can you bring to the table? I know a lot of people love this album. A lot of people are talking about it. A lot of people are liking this man, and and, and, and I I can, I get that. Yeah, I because I I feel as though Quavo and Takeoff, I feel like they have good chemistry together. Honestly, yeah, no, for sure, yeah. you can definitely tell 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 the chemistry is strong there, but I I do understand your point of what different what difference can you show, and that's what we we always like to see artists switch it up. We always like to see artists kind of diversify their sound, and if you're looking for that, you wouldn't get that. But I think in terms of hey, can they stand along by themselves as a duo? I think they can. Like I, I really I really yeah. think they have that strong enough no, no, yeah, yeah. components to be able to do that because you you can't tell in certain songs they build off off of each other in a natural way and they're not overshadowing, you know, the other person. Right. And I think it's takeoff takeoff. I think is the strongest one of all all three of them, but Quavo has 
the better voice where it attracts you to the song and then the production. I mean, if you're if you're used to it, doesn't care about the like the same style and same sound from an artist, then you're gonna love this. For me, and I'm growing into music and having different ear of music. I want to hear something different from an artist. But yeah, without sure. takeoff, I don't think this works. Oh no, Quavo. Yeah, Quavo bars be stale, but I think Takeoff is the better rapper, for sure. Totally, Takeoff's uh, underrated yeah. rapper in this in, in this group, man. He's oh like, yeah, yeah. Got a flow. I'm glad they used to say their names, Quavo, like all that, so I could because I didn't know who was which when they first came out, but Mama. I knew Mama. the voices. <laughs> yeah, <Mama. laughs> what you looking for me? <laughs> Takeoff, oh, buddy, goodness, man. man. <laughs> Um, and, and now getting into Joyce Rice's Motive um, review in her new EP, the production, you know, is it, very strong in it. There's an organic and vibey sound to it. Um, each of the beats have a, have a, have a different um, type of feel about them, and it has mellow elements plus upbeat ones. But what were some of your takeaways from this EP and what she, you know, and, and what she was kind of trying to do in, in, in this um, short project? I think she should go to another genre. Mm. I think her voice is, is bigger than R&B to me. Like, I, you know, I love the second track with the, you know, the dance hall. I thought it was really dope. But for like, when, as soon as I turned it on, I was like, the Katron, like that vibe with Contrada or Contrana, whatever his name is. Contrada, yeah. She needs to go to that side. Man, if she could just do there. a full project of that, oh my goodness, man. I think it'll be dope. I think her voice is bigger than R&B because I think they're trying to conform her voice to fit R&B, bro. Where her voice is, can can you know go to different genres and be successful at it i think yeah r&b is a way to get into the game but i think she needs to um explore some other some other genres yeah that really good point really because the case you're not a the case you're not a song i was like man if this this whole project could be like this oh i'm in i'm 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 fully in yeah 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 she needs to go to another genre yeah absolutely um, and, and now getting into Rome Street's uh, 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 Kiss the Ring album, you know, in this new album, you know, he's, he's extremely laser focused and, and, and spitting at the peak of his abilities in each and every moment. Um, this just let the, the sheer momentum of his skill carry the album through, through toward its end. And this was also largely produced by Conductor Williams. Um, man, this, I, I keep going back to this album, man. Like Rome Streets is a really good MC to me. And I think, and, and I think every, every beat, beat that was on it fit him perfectly. I think he, he's, the ferocity that he comes with in every song, like there was almost mm-hmm. like there almost wasn't one song that I didn't like off this project. But what, what were your mm-hmm. overall thoughts on this and just kind of like the, the total output in it? You could tell the difference between each song that he's done, not production wise, but with his voice. Yes. And I'm going to tell you the difference when we go to the next review okay. where his voice was completely same on every yeah. beat. Like he didn't have no enthusiasm, about. no yeah. So when I listened to that one and energy. then I went to that energy. one, I was like energy, man. Exactly. It wasn't that but I at first his voice, he checked but I'm, I'm gonna say but going through the, the the everything, but he checked boxes. I love the hip hopness. Um I love his enthusiasm. I love the lyricism. I love the bars. I thought this was a solid project. Stamped hip hop approved. Oh yeah, I thought it was really dope. Very solid project. Hip hop, hip hop approved. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely solid project. You miss sometimes you miss projects like this. Like, like you're wondering, can you still hear projects? And this made you feel like, hey, it's still out there. There's still guys who they they just want to bar up. They they want to come with it every time. Like, do you feel as though it's one of those things where this is just naturally within him, or he's just kind of like 
he loves the, the authentic roots of hip-hop and wants to bring that back. It has to be both because yeah. a lot of artists, and I'm I'm one of them who fall into trying to write something catchy, write something, something like somebody remembers. But if you really love what you're doing with music and like the authenticity of authenticity of yeah. hip hop, then this is what you don't care about. People like say, Oh, his album was amazing. Or he, he didn't have any radio single oh, no. songs, no. <clears throat> but this album was solid. Production was solid. It flowed through the next song his his voice was not like he it was yeah bro this was i think it's both of them i think you love hip hop so whatever you rap about whatever style you come into the game with is influenced from somewhere so i think it, it has to be both got to be both definitely um and, and now getting into to Boldy James Fair Exchange No Robbery um in this new project Nick, Nicholas Craven d- delivers production production that kind of has an alchemist uh as sensibility and delivers um, Boldy sample instrumentals and it perfectly kind of com- complemented his, his matter of fact delivery also had a very mellow mm-hmm. feel to it and the samples are, are filled with a lot of 70s deep cuts what were your thoughts on this project because you, you kind of mentioned there were some some things about it that that you weren't into as much as the last album we reviewed what were what were like your main takeaways and, and maybe some of the issues you had with it I'm glad you said the alchemist because who maybe that was the guy before no, actually, that was a guy bef- the the album before. Um, uh, what's his name? We just reviewed it. Rome Streets. Um, Rome Streets. Kiss the Ring. Rome Streets. Yeah. Yeah. That sounded like um, uh, uh Action Bronson. Yeah. I forgot to mention that when it first came on, like, cause Action's in that realm too, like, but this guy sounded more like Larry June, cause Larry doesn't show enthusiasm or any type of like different feeling to the music. I mean, the beat can be like reggae or something. He's going to sound the same. (laughs) And I can't listen to that over and over. It has to be some type of change. You need an artist to show urgency at some times. You need an artist to to, to show, hey, like I'm, I'm step, I'm, I'm switching. I'm, I'm, I'm switching up because this is, this beat is (laughs) that too, bro. Or like, cause you're, Typically, you're you're creating a story within the music, yeah. And every story has a climax. It has you know something that changes within the storyline, whatever yeah. to keep you like. It's literally from start to finish. I didn't zigzag or nothing. I'm just gonna walk this pace with the same. You know, even the, when the beat changes to next song, thinking okay. Even what's what's the one in the songs? Even the the feature he had on this track, and I'm like, bro. Um, zero tray nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. was his like you could tell the like the excitement or just like the rush coming in his voice when he's rapped, and then it cuts to the other guy. I'm like, bro, do you not want to be here? Like, (laughs) did somebody make you come to the studio? (laughs) Hey, man, you gotta come. You gotta come, man. (laughs) Do you not want to be here, bro? So it's like it's literally the same. Same thing throughout the album. I mean, it's not. I mean, his lyrics are good. Is oh, I mean, he has some good. bars in there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's. But it's just like. And and the thing is, like, I listened to this album before I listened listen to Kiss the Ring, and that made me like Kiss the Ring even more because it, it just was one yes. of those things where I, I thought. Like, I mean, like obviously, like 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 Boldy is extremely talented, but there's just this level of urgency and just like 
heightened awareness that that Rome Streets had in the project, and it made you feel like this was a complete sequence project. Yes. The transitions were smooth. Everything was just like, hey, this is this is a full album, and that's what it kind of felt like. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you got to have the element in there. Got to have the element in there. Definitely. Um, and, and now getting to our last review with, with Cecily's "Without You." Um, in the R&B producer's new single, she displayed just like an amazing voice and melodies. Um, this song has has just so much depth and soul in it, with the background ca- uh, choir, you know, towering over later on in the track. But w- what were some of your main thoughts on this song? Because like like this is a singer I feel as though can have a really long lasting career, and there is something about her voice that that that, that has j- just a very nice flow to it, nice pattern. But w- what were some of your initial uh, initial takeaways uh, from it? You know, it was crazy. I had What's to up? double check right just in and there. To make sure that it was Christian. Mm. It's a Christian song, right? I'm from from what I know, she's just R and B. For yeah, she, she she's she's it not, says not Christian. Really? Cause it sounded R and B. Like literally, if you have your <coughs> if you have your phone. Right, let me, let me pull it up. Let me, if you look at it, <laughs> let me do a live says, look at- Can you see this? Ah, uh, okay. Cause I'm on Spotify, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even see that at all. But man, it like I, I told, so, I told a friend, crazy. I told a friend, it makes you feel like it's a Sunday morning. It literally makes you feel no, like, like, it is so dope. It's so dope. That switch it's up, so oh, oh my, goodness, oh that man. switch up was crazy. Whoever did her production, that's why I was it. like, wait, this is a Christian song. Like I know she R B. This is that R B. Yeah. Like this is yeah, yeah. That was that was solid. That's a single song. That's single, a single song. song. Yeah, she's nice. Single song, bro. That is. Yeah, she's she's nice. Uh, who is this girl? If she's beautiful, oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> hey, Cecily, we're, we're fans. Who is we're this, fans over who here, is full this scope. Woman? We're fans over here, full. How scope. did you find her? Like, where did you find her at? Like, she has a beautiful voice. Literally on on Twitter last Friday, I heard. On Spotify was sharing like yeah. an, a, 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 a like a like a new new up and coming artist like listen to this single uh-huh. clicked on it I was hooked man I was I was like and first yeah, of all that's... yeah like she she looks amazing like that that goes without yeah. saying oh yeah but, <laughs> <laughs> but this song man like in, in terms of it being like a full single like could you tell that from the jump or was it like throughout the duration of the song like hey like this is actually like a single song when it first came on like okay it's a vibe but when it changed like. Like and she started harmonizing in the. I was like single, perfect. Cause she's been dropping what I've been looking. She's been dropping a lot of singles this year, but this is yeah. definitely a single song. I like it's the vibe. I think it's catchy and it's on right. Yeah, I think this. Yeah, on on an album, if this is a part of our album, this probably is like number three or number four. Oh yeah, that's how good it is to me. Cause it has to be early in the project to get people to continue to listen throughout. Because if it's like a 15 song and it's in level three or four, I think that's a good placement. So, yeah, this is, I, that's just off the, if, it, if she does have off an album, if it's number three or four, I'm going crazy. I'm excited to that see That was an educated guess. Yeah, no, she's not. I'm nice. excited to see Yeah, I'm going to have to listen to her previous. Did you listen to her previous work already? This is the only one I've listened to so far, but but from 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 what I've and that and then that's this is the only one I heard from so far. The only one I heard Girl, so far. I'm so, I'm afraid to listen to anything else because. I like one song by artist, and, and I'll try thing. to go to another. Yeah. And it's not it's the like, same. Where was this at? <laughs> Are you the same artist? Are, Are you, you the same? Are you the same? <laughs> right. 
So I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant to listen to her other track because I like this track a lot. It's, it's yeah, this track. is this is nice. I'm listeners, to, listeners, yeah, if you haven't listened, Cecily's without you. Listen to it. Definitely, definitely, definitely check this one out because it's five stars, it's five nice stars. Track. Definitely up there. Absolutely. She's R and B, by the way. She's R and B, ladies and gents. She's R and B. Definitely. Because I don't want you to go and uh, try to find her Christian songs and be like, oh, she's talking about sex. She's not a Christian artist. She's all right, big. I don't know why they put Christian. Like they're going to get a, dim- a different demographics. I, don't I was know. so it's scared crazy. when you said that because I was like, did I send him the wrong review? Did I send him like... <laughs> I looked at the, the genre it said Christian. I'm like, uh, oh, wait a minute here. Oh, I don't know. It's Definitely. It got it got God's purpose on the uh, the cover, the cover, the cover art of it. Yeah. 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 Oops. Leslie, we're a fan. We're, we're we're major major fans over here at Full Scope, Full Scope Pod. Yes. Rooting for you. Oh yes, indeed. Definitely. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with our round. Welcome back to the show, and now we're getting into our Rounders review. And to start off with the overview, Rounders is a 1998 drama film about the underground world of high-stakes poker, directed by John Dahl and starring Matt Damon and Edward Norton. The story follows two friends who need to win at high-stakes poker to quickly pay off a large debt. At a budget of $12 million, brought in $22.9 million for the box office, and had a 64% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. But what were your thoughts on this being, you know, the type of film that was, you know, extremely atmospheric and had performances that just really contributed to the movie's entertainment value? This this has to be my top seven for like gambling casino oh, yeah. like twenty one. We have to review twenty one. Yeah, we gotta do that one. Um, with uh, well, I forgot it. Forgot the guy's name, but yo, it re- twenty one was good. And I think this was this was good too, especially with you know Matt Damon, young Matt Damon. That's what um, I was about to mention, young <clears throat> Matt Damon. Yeah, very young. Yeah, I, I like the plot. I, I like the uh. Yes, but yeah, yeah, I like this. I like this film, man. It just all the like the scenes are replaying in my head as as I speak. But man, just just to see how this is a, a simplistic storyline, and they made it into something that was amazing, which which is it. Sometimes simplistic is is the best way to go. And then Matt Damon's his acting ability just like even with uh Ocean's 11 12 or whatever it all like yeah. uh the uh goodwill hunting all these movies like these simple movies like the other movie we, with um oh his Ben Affleck when he no that is goodwill hunting i'm tripping when he was in the, the bar yeah. and he's spit it out like those little scenes like just make the movie and yo yeah this this is a dope film dope film i'm just going everywhere wellington but i <laughs> I like this film. I, I like Matt Damon as an actor because he's he has so much versatility. And then the supporting actors in this mm-hmm. film too are really dope. Like yeah. John uh, Tortorio, um, who's who's <laughs> is really funny, he's and his funny brother dude. is extremely funny too. He's on TikTok and stuff. Um, but it has some other good actors in this too. I don't know yeah. the dude that played Brucey. That's his brother. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Jones, and he has a TikTok, and I'm like, bro, who 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 gave this man TikTok? <laughs> Get off TikTok, Bruce. Get off, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I mean, like another thing that, that I want to mention, like we've reviewed so many Matt Matt Damon films. Like looking at him mm-hmm. in his younger stages of his career, like what stood out to you as you know he wasn't in that like that clear cut season form mm-hmm. form that, that, like like that he is now. But what stood out to you back then, um, in the nineties, like with this film and just kind of like where he was in his career back then. 
I mean, it just might sound obvious, it's, but his ability to adapt to any role. This film wasn't not supposed to be what it was. I know when they first was like, okay, we got a movie and we got this young kid, Matt Damon. We're going to put John in there. Uh, we're going to put, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, John Malkovich in there. Because Johnny John Malkovich is a seasoned actor too. Oh, yeah, I think he was a season before he got into this movie. But we're gonna put this. We're gonna put this together. We're gonna see what Matt Damon did. He's gonna be a lead actor, and then obviously, I'm always forgetting Edward Norton. Edward Norton was seasoned at this point too because he played uh, Fight Club and some other yeah. um, other movies. But I don't think they thought this movie was gonna be as good as it was, and I think it's whole solely because of Matt Damon's performance. Yeah, even him getting beat up was just convincing. Like, <laughs> like he gets beat up good. Like, no, seriously, Matt Damon gets beat up good. It's a different level when you actually get beat up good. <laughs> he gets beat up good, but no, nah, he he knows how to translate a character to the screen. Yeah. I think that's what is his biggest his biggest um assets but also him just being so versatile when it comes to jason Bourne, from jason Bourne to goodwill hunting i mean yeah man it's, the range the range is wild it's, it's crazy it's crazy amount of range mm-hmm. um and now getting to our first topic from one to four stars what would you give it uh, to you like what would be be your particular rating for this film i'll give it three stars Yes. Um, just because the screenplay was simplistic um the shooting was simplistic everything was just simplistic but it, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I just, you know, I thought it could be better in some points. Some, you know, some dialogue monologue could have been better. Um, but again, the screenplay was really simplistic, but I give it three stars. I think yeah. it made up for some of like the mem- memorable scenes. Definitely. Um, I, I would give it three as well. I mean, this film contained an intelligent and character driven crime drama and, and the, uh, and there was, you know, effective direction, but it, keeps you engaged throughout in the mm-hmm. tone of the film, you know, adds so much to the atmosphere of it. Um, getting getting to favorite character, I, I personally would go with, with Mike McDermott because he really changes drastically throughout the film, you know, as he proves yeah. that his his poker prowess isn't relying on anyone else other than himself and really is an independent independent character uh, throughout the movie. Like, to you, who was your overall favorite character in this one? Teddy KGB, baby. I feel like his character... Um, kind of solidified the movie because we all know Mike was extremely greedy. Um, he just he was an opportunist, and I think KGB was a more opportunist than, than uh, Mike was. So for yeah. him to go head in head and him finally to beat him, like convincingly beat him, I thought That's was tough. really dope. And then just that, yeah, that oh man, I can't wait till we get to the um, memorable scenes, but just yeah, KGB man. Freaking Oreos, bro. Like, you know, like Oreos that bad. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and, and I mean, when you look at, at an actor like like uh, 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 John Malkovich, who's been in so many movies in the past, like, do you feel as though this movie kind of needed that extra season character actor even mm-hmm. more since they were having like a, a young a young actor, Matt Damon, kind of like be in a film where he like like you you could tell. John Malkovich, he kind of needed to be in that one to like actually show and, mm-hmm. and deposit something, deposit more maturity into the movie. Oh, for sure, because I think John Malkovich's characters are more so the villain or the antagonist most of the times. So he knows how to bring that to the screen really well. Yeah. I think Matt Damon being versatile and at that early stage of his career, I thought both collided really well and created great scenes and great friction within those scenes. Um, but I think you definitely need a seasoned actor 
he's not i mean he was not an a-list or a b-list well maybe a b or c lister but just the 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 character development that he was able to bring to the character himself that's a lot of characters in that sentence Um, (laughs) (laughs) gotta do a word count for characters (laughs) oh you just hear what you say you have an out-of-body experience and just listen to what you say sometimes like yo that that a lot lot of characters Oh, but no, I think I think it balanced well. You you have to have a guy in there like you know Malkovich to to balance out Matt Damon's uh, acting ability, especially when you don't have that many A listers or have mm-hmm. any A listers in the movie. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, and, and now getting into most memorable scenes, I had at No Limit Texas Hold'em, where we're sitting down at a high stakes mm-hmm. poker game. Mike explains how to play No Limit Texas Hold'em. Also, act mm-hmm. Ace's full Teddy reveals a, a higher full house, speeding out Mike in a high stakes game of Hold'em. The judges game yes. where Mike impresses, you know. At all of the judges' game, uh, when he helps Abe take down the pot, Destiny chooses yes. us. Abe tells an anecdote to Mike about following one Destiny's uh, in life, and sh- the sheriff's game. You know when Worm, Worm uh, gets caught for cheating at the table, and there's no no where to run and, and hide from Mike. And also another one I had to mention was Johnny Chan for one hand at, at a table in Atlantic City. Mike takes down the great poker player Johnny Chan on, on a pure bluff. But there there's yes. so many scenes. Like so many memorable scenes in this movie, yeah. Uh, what were some of the the the, the, the main standouts uh, to you in this one? You named and once again, Wellington. You are phenomenal, phenomenal at naming and bringing the great scenes to light. Everyone you said were amazing. The one he wow the 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 judges and the lawyers in that game, the the it the one he beat KGB. And he, yeah. he figured out his his telltale sound with the Oreos. KGB, that's that's the the further the scene. KGB actually like, <laughs> go 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 go. He was born like yo, yeah yeah. Um, but you made all the scenes. But the one the one of the final scenes with him playing KGB, I thought it was one of the best. Mm-hmm. Just one of the best. Attention to details, um, knowing who you're going against. Knowing the mistakes that you did before, because KGB been him before. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was, yeah, yeah. All those scenes you mentioned, and then that one stood out to the most to me, because he finally beat him, finally met his match. He beat him. Yeah, so, yeah, that was a good scene. Definitely. Um, and now getting to most memorable quotes I had, it's not about pride or ego. It's only about money from Mike. Um, in my club, yep. I will splash, splash pot whenever I please from Teddy. Uh, you act like you're the only one with my with my ambition from Lester. Um, just think of it as a business decision. He just got out. Let's put him on a plan for Mike. Um, also, I watched the cards, but I also watched the player react to the cards, which I thought was a really fascinating quote because it showed the psychology behind behind the game and what Mike was actually being able be, being able to read mm-hmm. and the players. And then finally, uh, rule number one: throw away your cards the moment you know they can't win from Joe. Uh, to, to you, like, were there any like standout quotes that that you kind of thought were like the top tier ones in rounders? Oh, everyone's you name, especially the. The banter between, oh well, his, I guess you say his voiceover when he's playing KGB about it's all about money. I can leave now, even with the Grammy KGB and halfway payback. Uh, I think his name was Petrovsky or Petrovsky. Um, but the one that stood out, yeah, the one that stood out most to me, and I think he was, um, he was, I think he was talking to Joe. He was like, Why do you think the same five guys make it to the final table of the World Series or the poker every year? What are they the luckiest guy in Las Vegas? It's a skill game, Joe. So going in, Mike is extremely uh, intelligent when it comes yeah. to counting cards and playing cards. He's just greedy. He doesn't pay back his mm-hmm. stuff. So that really sums up the beginning and the end 
of of, of the movie because he learned from his mistake. Um, well, actually, no, he didn't. Well, it's in, I just killed my whole point. He did not because he literally just said it's about money. I can leave money. now and pay back. But never mind, Willis. He didn't learn from mistakes. That was a that was the whole premise. More of the story. Movie. More of the Rounders movie. He didn't learn from his mistakes. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> but at least he won. At least <laughs> that's the number one thing. That's the number one thing he won. <laughs> well, listen, I just, I just, yeah, that was a folly on my part. I really was giving him a little praise. He changed from getting the movie. No, he did. He stayed the same. <laughs> he stayed the exact same. He was a greedy. He was greedy. He should have got all he can. But I mean, whatever. Um, and, and now getting into to what did you kind of like the most about this storyline? Um, to, to me, just how it recreated the, the suspense of playing the game and included the details mm. and the skill as well as the luck that's involved because there is just so much psychology that's going on in, in, in a game of poker and just think like it's a thinking game you know and you really right, have yeah. to, to, to out, out think your opponent in it like what were your like like what particular element of this storyline uh, did you kind of like the most <clears throat> I, I like i like the way I think the co- the competitive nature, the competitive nature when it comes to playing cards, because you obviously you're going against an opponent, but when it, you make it mono mono and mono, and you finally be, I, I'm just competitive by nature, so I love the competitiveness that they have throughout the film, because it could have uh, literally been like, oh, we're just going to play play poker, we're not going to you know have rivals, because so, I forgot what guy came in. And he was like, bro, you better leave. You got to go. I don't like you. I forgot what his name was, but it was on site. And he was like, he always does this every year. Like, so I just love the competitive nature that they they issued into the, the storyline. But yeah, yeah, man, especially with KGB. That that rivalry was, was really dope. Definitely. Um, and, and getting to our last topic, you know, you know ten, 10 years from now, like, do you still think it'll be watchful and intriguing? And, and, it, and it's definitely past that, uh, 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 past mm-hmm. that test in so many different ways. Like, this, like, like you said, there are other gambling movies. There are other casino movies. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you think this one, for even people that haven't seen it, will kind of compare to, to to some of the similar ones that that, that that they've seen, and also just how like how it can age, you know, another decade from now. It has to be up there, and it, and, and this film is not just about. I don't think it's counter cards at all. I, well, it's it's a hitting hidden counter cards but like it. movies yeah, like within it yeah right but like movies like 21 it's like literally college kids going to casinos to count cards but it's other stuff within that which is really dope yeah. but i think this will stand out more because it's matt damon and early stage of his career and i think the the screenplay and the the writing is so simplistic that it won't it won't take a, a lot to kind of like indulge into it because it has good fighting, like here and there fighting scenes, the Matt Damon getting beat up so so perfectly. Um, <laughs> excuse me. You, but I think you know, it has man, those different elements. It's so, funny, it's so funny to me. Like, if you ever met Matt Damon, I would love you to say, man, first of all, you're a great actor. But also, you get beat up. <laughs> you get a beat up perfectly. Even in Jason Bourne, bro. It's just how he takes punches. It's so believable. Because you can tell when somebody's like like the Kung Fu or whatever, or whatever, like fighting scenes, they'll like stop to get hit. Yeah. But when Matt Damon is a bit different, it's more fluid, like he's really getting beat up. <clears throat> so it makes me really, it makes me think like, is he really telling the people to beat me up? Like, bro, make it realistic. Punch yeah. me in my face. Actually do it. <clears throat> So nah, yeah, that's he gets beat up really well. It's it's very believable. 
scary. <laughs> but I would tell him to that in his face because I've seen him blow up on camera. Oh, and, yeah. He gets um, heated. He gets heated. I like being in a fight, but Matt Damon knows more than I do, so I don't want to get punched in the face, you know? Yeah. Or do not, I not so enough. I can sue him? <laughs> and then you show up in the headlines, co-host of Full Scope Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be in a neck brace and all, bro. He oh. just punched me in my face. How how is your neck broken? I don't know. I fell. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Winsor Burns, by my counterpart, Save by Morris. This has been Full Scope. See you later.